and welcome back to The Voice of the Child. My guest today is Billy McGranigan, the founder of Dad's House, a charity which supports lone and single fathers around the UK. Dad's House is also the first charity in Europe to provide fathers with temporary accommodation when they find themselves homeless through difficult life changes like divorce and bereavement. Hi, Billy. Welcome onto the programme. Hi, Natasha. Thanks for inviting me to um, hear what Dad's House has to say. It's a pleasure. Well, obviously, you and I have known each other for a while. Uh, but I thought we could start by talking about the Marmot Review, because in the review, which has just come out, um, he mentions that there's been a marked rise in the increased use of food banks. And, and that's something that Dad's House engages with. So can you tell us a little bit more about your involvement with food banks and single fathers? Yeah, um, I set up our first food bank six years ago in one of the richest boroughs in the UK, Kensington and Chelsea. And from there, we've, we've had local support payments where within the food bank um, sector, we can organise beds, fridges, freezers, washing machines, cookers, um, for mums and dads, actually. Um, although we're a single dad's charity, the food bank is community-based community and community-led. Um, and we also do fuel vouchers. And we don't ask questions. And we, we're... We get to know our mums and dads and from there we can signpost the mums and dads to various other sectors. Um, but the, the rise in food banks is, is, is so important that people don't judge any family who need help because the, the food banks are so important within each community that they help mums and dads when they're, they really need it, you know, if they've lost their job or... There are instances where some of the families that you meet have um, been victims of domestic violence or perhaps they're asylum seekers. Well, yeah, um, universal credit, domestic violence, um, asylum seekers, people who, who can't get any funds from the DWP, the job centre won't, won't take them as, as they used to because everything has to be online. So it takes about five, six or even eight weeks to get anything from the DWP. That's the Department of Work and Pensions when you do make that initial claim. So families, and, and not just families, men and women are struggling to eat. And going back to the actual question itself, the rise in food banks... I think there's 388 independent food banks in the UK now, and Dad's House is one of them. Um, and within the, the food banks, it, as we do find out exactly what that person's going through, um, whether it's domestic violence, whether it's universal credit. There, there, there's such an array of, of, of things that's happening to that, to that individual or, or family that they really need understanding and a little bit of support. So going back to the <clears throat> domestic violence cases that you're seeing, you did tweet quite recently that you'd seen a 100% increase in the number of domestic violence allegations against fathers. Why do you think that's on the rise and how are men coping with this? Well, men are not coping um, at all because it, it, since legal aid got stopped, every um, legal aid application, when solicitors make that initial application, from a mum or a dad, predominantly mums, they ask if there's any any emotional abuse or physical abuse. And as soon as anyone says yes, um, we had an argument and he or she 
through a cup or whatever it is that, that they threw, that is classed as domestic violence. So then the solicitor, solicitor makes an application for legal aid and every legal aid, every, every dad that I've, that I've met over the last year and a half, there's allegations of domestic violence, which 99.9%, there's not been any, you know. Um, and as domestic violence, as physical domestic violence, I'm not saying they've not argued, I'm not saying that he didn't silk or she didn't silk, but what goes on between a couple... It's a normal break, a, a normal family breakdown is arguments and people walking walking over eggshells, and, and that's normal, you know. But solicitors are playing with fire, where they're getting mums to actually say, "Well, he did threaten you," you know. And and as I said, ninety nine point nine percent, there's no threats. And um, why do you think that those allegations then are on the rise? Because solicitors won't get paid. Because a lot of mums can't afford um, their fees. A lot of dads can't afford the fees that solicitors and barristers charge. <coughs> so it, it, it's something that, in a lot of cases, I, I really think there's a lot of bad solicitors, solicitors out there who are just there for the money. They're just there to get that monthly budget into their company and they actually don't care how they get it. So do you think that some of these women are being coerced into writing these allegations down? They're vulnerable, they're going through a breakdown, um, they're trying to find their way through the process and they are just succumbing to what these solicitors are suggesting in order to get through the process? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I'm going on with the evidence that gets presented in front of me in my office, where, I, I, as, as I said, it's a normal family breakdown. Arguments w- would happen. Um, and things get said. She says and, and he says. Um, that's, that's a normal process when you're ready to break up with someone, a man or a woman. Um, but it, it's, it's so important that when we do find out if the risk any actually domestic violence, we, we can't help a dad and we won't help a dad. Um, our ethos is, is keeping that family unit together, you know, and eventually after the family breakdown, the mums and dads do start talking again. Um, but the allegations of men facing domestic violence, they'll get arrested, they'll get taken to the police station, they'll get released 18 hours later, they then um, get a non-molestation order not to go back to the house where they've got nowhere else to go. You know, so hence you've got hopelessness. You've got um, non-access to your children. You've got no clothes. Some friends might not help you because it's the, the family unit going back to he says and she says people take sides. You know, and so a lot of men face total isolation when they haven't really actually done anything. They just want to be dads. And how is that process affecting the kids in the family units? Well, the kids are caught up, you know, um, and initially a a lot of children um, feel alienated against their dads because they don't want to upset their mum 
or um, if they're with their dad, they don't want to upset um, their mum if she wants to see them, you know. And, and children are very resilient where they, they kind of know what's going on um, and it, it's something that they'll take so much and until something triggers them where a lot, a lot of children need um, counselling because of the family breakdown and because of the, the mum and dads are asking what did what did he say what did she say do they have a new partner what is it like what's she like and, and, and the kids are caught in the middle where they really don't know what to say or how to act well taking those sorts of cases to the extreme sometimes that kind of breakdown can lead to um, social services involvement who may then decide that it's better for the child to be removed from the family unit entirely have you ever come across uh, fathers who've had their children forcibly adopted or taken into foster care at dad's house? Not forcibly um, adopted or taken into foster care. Um, but for, we've had two dads who, one dad had two children that he had to put in foster care because he just couldn't do it. Um, he didn't have the resources and his wife um, had drug and alcohol problems. He had drug and alcohol problems, um, so she ended up in prison. She, I think it was four years um, that she got sentenced. So then overnight, he become the, pool, the full-time dad. Um, and he didn't have the resources or, or the network to, to look after the children. So he, put, he came to us um, and we helped him as much as, it, as we as we could with the resources that we ha- we have um, and eventually they got adopted you know and it broke his heart and we still see him he still comes once a week for a, a coffee and, and a little chat you know um, but seemingly the kids are doing well um, but it's not until the kids get older they're going to be asking questions oh well what happened you know what happened to my mum and dad so at Dad's House, you, you do a lot of different kinds of things. You've got your food bank, you counsel fathers, you offer uh, pro bono advice, and you have cooking evenings, cooking Yay! classes, Yay! <laughs> and football nights, and all sorts of fantastic things for dads. Um, so you must see firsthand what fathers go through during things like divorce proceedings, when there's so little information actually out there on how this all impacts dads. Well, I, I think male suicide, depression, um, anxiety, the health issues that a dad faces when leaving the family home initially and then trying to rebuild his life um, without his children initially until he gets his own accommodation um, and then rebuilding the relationship with his children. Um so it's, and some dads just never ever see the kids again, you know. So there's two different, you've got male suicide and you've got the, the, the depression that goes along with the isolation um, where a lot of men don't seek help. You know, they won't let anyone know exactly what is going through their minds um, and emotionally and physically is so destroying. You know, it, it really, really is. Um, um, businesses, companies, HR departments, they're, they're seeing the devastating um, effects that actually has on 
their their work. You know, in some HR companies they contact Dad's house, um, and they they refer a dad to come and have a coffee and and just a chat. And in terms of how their fathers are coping, how do do children respond to that? Have you had any sort of insight into how children respond to their fathers perhaps not being able to spend time with them or their fathers struggling to put their lives back together after a breakdown? Well, children are devastated. They, their dads are their heroes, you know, and you've got different age groups. You've got two-year-old to six or seven-year-olds where that is Superman. Their dad is Superman. And then you've got seven to 11, 12, where... They've got their own identities. They're playing football. They're playing cricket. They're playing rugby. Or, um, they're 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 going out all the all weekends with their dad. They're going camping, and they're building that relationship that's going to be so important when they're a young man or a young woman heading into that that world when they're ready to go to secondary school. They've left secondary. They're going to college or university, and they want their dad to be part of their life and when they're not they miss their dad you know and because a lot of times the kids don't know why parents split up or the kids blame themselves maybe I said something and maybe it was me so as we've got a, a young guy who comes in here who is devastated where his dad has walked away because he hadn't got the resources to what he thinks is to be a good dad. He's so far suffering, and I, I can't say his name. Um, and, and the kid is only 17. He just wants his dad to be a dad, but, but some dads want to give more than they can, you know, so they're embarrassed and they're humiliated. It, it's They've got this old-fashioned view that a man is always should be the, the provider and, and nothing could be further from the truth you know it's different generations it's so generational from 30 years ago or 50 years ago where the mum was in the house and the dad went to work and the mum made the dinner these days are gone women don't need men anymore you know um, women are, are successful they're making good money They've got their own businesses and it's so important that we're on an equal footing, you know, that's 50-50 all the way. It's actually very difficult, isn't it? Because as uh, perceptions of what men and women should be change and at the moment they're changing quite fast, it's very difficult for uh, everybody to know where they stand sometimes. But at Dad's house, you're obviously seeing uh, a wide variety of different perspectives and views. Uh, what, what are the latest developments that you're seeing in terms of fathers' feelings about things and views on things and the way they're responding to the changing environment around them in terms of uh, gender stereotyping and their roles as a parent? Well, I, I, I mentioned generational. Dads are more hands-on now than ever before um, and, and now there's parental leave and there's more of, there's more understanding for young dads you know and young dads I, I see them everywhere I go you know they're with their kids they're happy they're with their wives or their girlfriends and, and their children are happy and I, I, I think it's fantastic you know I really do and, and I, I sometimes I'll say, I'll say to your dad oh 
um, what, what are you doing today with the little ones? And they'll look at me as if I'm mental, you know. Um, but it's something that I raised my son on my own and I didn't have that network. I didn't have the network of that family support because I was in London, um, initially from Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, so it was just me and Sam, you know. And now when, it, when I see the, the, the younger guys with the kids, I, I do, I love it, you know. Um, it, it's, it's fantastic. Do you think the government has managed to keep up to date with the changing uh, roles within the family unit and the things that families need in terms of support? Oh, the government are a fucking disgrace. Um, they've never done anything for single dads. Um, they really don't acknowledge single dads. Um, and nearly every... In fact, I'll take that back. 95% of MPs that I've ever met, they, they, they go bleary-eyed when you mention single dads. You know, um, individually, you know what, they're okay, but collectively they're useless um, when it comes to that family unit. And, I mean, there's over 2 million single parents in the UK um, and over nearly 400,000 single dads who are full-time carers for their children. However, there's 2 million non-resident dads in the UK and they are the, they are the ghosts of the UK, and this is a, a major, major, the inequality towards these two million non-resident dads is staggering. No one knows where they are. No one knows what they're doing. No one knows when they see their children, and no one really cares, you know, because all, all the media is about dads who don't care about their children. But there's no official statistics on the two million non-resident dads who are fighting in family courts. They see their kids every weekend and during the week. They would walk through fire for their children. And they've, they've got so much against them that the government should be going, well, instead of um, lambasting um, the non-resident dads, come to dad's house and, and, and have a discussion on what can we do together to find out more about when they see the children, how many times do they see the children, are they living in suitable accommodation that the children can come and spend nights with them. A lot, a lot of mums won't let non-resident fathers spend the night with them because they're in unsuitable accommodation. So you've got this whole whole array of families who in the media are portrayed as dysfunctional. But nothing could be further from the truth. You know, these men love their children. And you've got night crime, you've got gangs, you've got kids running the street because the dads are not in their lives because they're homeless. They've been kicked out. They have to move out the borough. They've lost their jobs. They don't know what to do next. Their mums are stopped, have stopped letting them have access to their children. And, and the dads who we meet, they just want to be dads. We don't meet the dads who don't want to know. And that's what the government should actually look at. They're a fucking disgrace. Mm -hmm.